Yeah. Hallelujah, there's nothing I've done to deserve such a love. Hey, isn't that great that even though we don't deserve it, we can't earn it, that he loves us perfectly? Have you ever just stopped and let God love you? I think many times we're just racing and we're so busy with our crowded lives that we crowd out God. And I hope that you're here just to stop and let God love you for a little bit because that changes everything. Hey, I'm so proud of Woodlands Worship. These guys are writing original songs that are making a difference in churches all over the country. And I know it's making a difference in your life as we listen to it all during the week and have encouragement. I wanna encourage you today because God has a word for you, whether you're in our uh, Woodlands campus right here or whether you're at a Tascacita or worshiping online somewhere on the other side of the earth, God has a word for you from his word and his word's life-changing. The Bible says his word never goes out and returns empty, but it accomplishes the purpose for which he sent it. And God is gonna send his word out today and speak to our hearts in a way that changes us. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you love us so much. We can't even fathom it. So I pray today that you would just help us stop and let you love us. That we would stop trying to prove we're worthy of love and we would just surrender to you and let you love us, Lord, and that we'd experience a little bit of your overwhelming love for us because I know that's gonna change our lives. And I pray today that you would just meet the needs of everyone within the sound of my voice right where they're at because only you can. Your word's life-changing. Lord, there's nothing I can say on my own that can change one life, but your word can change every one of us today. Your word can speak right to us and meet our every need and I know, Lord, that you want to meet the needs of those who are seeking you today. You wanna to grab hearts and lives and meet us at our deepest need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Shark Week aired on Discovery Channel recently for a historic 34th consecutive year. So apparently, I'm not the only one who loves Shark Week. There's just something mesmerizing and terrifying about these apex predators of the ocean. And one of Shark Week's goals is to debunk the myths that have put shark populations at risk. So they'll have these shows about vicious shark attacks, and then they'll have some shark researcher, some expert come on and say, well, in this shark attack, the shark didn't really want to attack the surfer, but the water was murky. And the guy had a wetsuit on, so the shark thought he was a seal. And really there's no need to be concerned about a shark attack when you're swimming in the ocean because sharks don't want to attack humans. In fact, they'll usually only take an exploratory bite and once they find out it's not their regular prey, they'll just swim off. Hey, I'm all for protecting sharks, but don't tell me not to be scared of sharks because they'll only take an exploratory bite and then they'll leave me alone? That brings me no comfort at all. I mean, who cares if just one exploratory bite bites you in half? I mean, they even make it seem like the shark feels bad about his mistake. It's like after the shark attacks a surfer and saying, oh wow, I thought you were a seal, my bad. I'm so sorry that I bit you in half. Maybe they can stitch that thing up. I'll do better next time. I mean, I, I, I love to watch sharks and I know they need to be protected, but. I think we need to blame the shark a little bit more. One of the craziest Shark Week specials aired in 2003 when shark researcher Eric Gritter 
who said his knowledge of shark behavior kept him from being bitten, lost part of his leg. When he was bitten by a bull shark while the cameras were rolling, and Ritter intentionally walked into waist-deep water, just swarming with bull sharks, so Discovery Channel viewers could see that he could keep sharks from attacking him by modifying his heart rate and by understanding the shark's body language. Apparently, the sharks were speaking a different language that day because they nearly bit his leg off. It's one thing to swim in the ocean and not let the fact that sharks are probably swimming around you and you just can't see them, especially at Galveston, when you can't see anything under the water. It's one thing to know that sharks are probably swimming around you but not let that distract you from having fun, but it's another thing to swim with bull sharks intentionally. And we're in this series we're calling shark-infested thinking. And we said last week that there are these shark thoughts that swim into our minds and start circling in your brain and they take a bite out of your happiness. Worried thoughts, fearful thoughts, insecure thoughts, negative thoughts, self-loathing thoughts, judgmental thoughts, those self-destructive shark thoughts. And you can't help it when a shark thought swims into your mind but you don't have to intentionally swim with them. You don't have to focus on them. If you focus on the self-destructive thoughts, they become self-destructive patterns. And these ingrained patterns of thinking build up to become barriers in our brain that keep us stuck. The Great Barrier Reef in Australia is the world's largest coral reef. And it stretches for over 1,430 miles. And of course, it was made by coral, these tiny sea creatures, a little at a time, over years. Now the Great Barrier Reef is so immense, you can see it from space. And we all know that coral is so strong that it can sink ships. And that's the way it is with each tiny destructive thought. When you focus on them over and over again for years, they become great barriers in the brain. And they sink us and keep us from breaking free from those destructive habit patterns that develop. The barriers you're facing right now in your life are not the barriers that are holding you back. The barrier that you're facing right now that overwhelms you is not the barrier that's keeping you stuck. It's the barrier in your brain that keeps you stuck and doesn't allow you to make those positive and powerful changes. What I'm saying is your problem is not really your problem. Your problem is how you're thinking about the problem. Our greatest barriers are the barriers in our brains. But the good news is the Bible tells us that these barriers in your brain can be torn down and you can break free from these destructive habit patterns. Romans 12, 2 is our key passage for this series. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, you'll either be conformed or transformed. You'll either conform to the destructive thought pattern that builds up the barriers in your brain or you'll be transformed by changing what you focus on so you can break free to change. To change your life, you first have to change the way you think. Transformation always starts in the brain. And today we're gonna see that there is no barrier in your brain or in your life that God can't break down so you can experience a breakthrough. In Joshua chapter six, we see the people of Israel entering the promised land. They just came out of the desert. They enter the promised land, and the very first thing they face is a great barrier, the walls of Jericho. So open your Bibles to Joshua chapter six, and would you follow along with me? Let's stand together. 
Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a large blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. You can be seated. God knocks the great barrier the Israelites are facing down. The wall collapses, the Israelites win the battle, but first, God had to knock down the barrier in their brains before he could knock down the barrier in their lives. And there are a couple things about barriers you need to know so that it'll change your thinking because if you don't understand these two things, you're gonna be frustrated in life and your barriers are gonna get the best of you. First, barriers block our perspective. Now the battle of Jericho was the first battle the Israelites faced when they entered the promised land. Finally, they get into the promised land after being in the desert for 40 years and I'm sure they're thinking, we just got our biggest barrier behind us. I mean, sure, we're gonna fight a few battles, sure, we're gonna have a few problems, but this is gonna be a cakewalk compared to the desert. Then the first city they get to is Jericho, and they're faced with this enormous wall. Can you just imagine being an Israelite? You've been in the desert 40 years, you finally make it to this promised land, and the first thing you see is this overwhelming barrier, this huge wall that looked totally impossible to overcome from their perspective. You see, that's because walls block our perspective. It's really hard to see what God is up to when we hit a wall because the wall keeps us from seeing the true situation. We can't see what's behind the barrier and we start to lose perspective. If the Israelites could have seen what was behind that wall, they would have seen a really small population, a really small army, because Jericho was really a small little village. It just had an enormous wall. But we can't see what's behind the barrier. Only God can. And when we can't see what's behind the barrier, we start to lose perspective. And some of you today are starting to lose your perspective because you can't see what's behind the barrier you're facing. And maybe you've hit a wall, a wall of worry about a health problem in your life. Or maybe it's a wall of depression or a wall of grief that's overwhelming. Or maybe you've hit a wall in your marriage that seems insurmountable. Or a wall in your workplace and you're starting to lose perspective. Because all you can see is the wall in front of your face. You're just too close to the wall. You can't see anything but the wall you can't see what's behind the barrier, only God can. You're just too close to the wall. It's right in your face, so that's all you can see. So today, I just encourage you to back your brain up and get away from the wall a little bit. Stop focusing on the wall and focus on worship. We said last week that worship is focusing on God. Stop focusing on what you can't do and focus on what God can do. And here's what God can do. In Jeremiah 32, verse 27, this is a promise for someone out there today, probably every one of us, because we need to remember what God can do instead of focusing on the wall. 
I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? No wall is too tall for the God of the universe. Jeremiah 32, 27 is a verse I want you to memorize this week and meditate on and put it into your mind and life. In this series, every week I'm giving you a verse, a promise to memorize, to meditate on, to think about all week, to read it, and whether you feel like it or not, believe it. Because something happens when you focus on the truth of God's word, it begins to change your brain. Science is caught up with the Bible now, and, and science now tells us with all the research on the brain that when you focus on something, your brain has these physiological changes that take place. Your brain actually changes physically. And according to whatever you focus on, you focus on God's truth, then your thinking starts to change, your brain starts to change, the barrier starts to break down so you can break free to positive change. And so pray for the wall to fall this week. Memorize, meditate on the truth and the barrier in your brain will start to break up. Pray for the wall to fall. But there's a second thing about barriers you need to understand. Barriers seem immovable. It seems like barriers just can't be moved, that there's no way around them. And many times we just accept them in our lives. That that's the way it'll always be. It's never gonna change. In Joshua 6, 1, it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So the Israelites, as soon as they entered the promised land, come up to Jericho, they see this huge wall that seems insurmountable and then the doors are shut, locked, and barred. So there's no way over the wall, there's no way through the door. And barred doors seem like immovable barriers. Have you ever been praying and believing God? You feel like God's given you a promise, you're sure of it, and so you're believing God for that promise that God's gonna come through, and then a door gets slammed shut in your face. And the shark thoughts start swimming in and circling in your mind, and before you know it, a feeding frenzy of doubt, confusion, and fear just takes over. Shark thoughts like, I'll never get through this. I'll never get over this hurt. I'll always be stuck in this addiction. This is an immovable barrier. There's no way to get through it. It's impossible. It will never move. You can't help feeling those shark thoughts, but if you focus on them, that way of thinking gets locked in. And then you fall into what I call an immovable mindset. Because the barrier is not immovable. God can move it. God can tear it down, but your mindset becomes immovable and it keeps God from working in your life. When you focus on those shark thoughts, then the barrier in your brain just gets bigger and bigger, and that barrier in your life just seems immovable. You know, the last verse in that verse that I just read, the last part of that verse says, the gates were barred because of the Israelites. The gates of Jericho were slammed shut, locked and barred because of the Israelites, because God put a fear of his people into the hearts of the people of Jericho. And they were afraid of the Israelites and they knew this wall was their last stand, their last chance, and they knew the wall was about to come down and the Israelites were coming in and they were gonna be defeated. And so shutting the door, slamming it shut, locking it and barring it was their last stand. And sometimes 
when you get a door slammed in your face, it's the enemy knowing it's his last stand to keep you from possessing the promise that God has given you. So don't give up just because a door gets slammed in your face. So many times it's Satan who knows it's his last stand before God gives you the promise. And God's about to smash the door down and no one can stop him. But Satan wants you to give up and to fall into that immovable mindset so you'll never possess the promise that God has given you. But don't stop praying, don't stop knocking until the door falls down. Isaiah 22, 22 says, when he, God, opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. When God opens a door, no one can shut it. When you get a door slammed in your face, just remember no human being can keep that door from being blown down by God. What I'm saying is just because someone tells you it's impossible, don't you believe it until God has the final say because God always has the final word. Now, sometimes God will shut a door in our lives to redirect us, but I think there's a lot of times when we get a door slammed in our face and we give up because those barred doors seem like immovable barriers when really it's just the last stand where God wants to knock the door down so we can possess the promise. Don't focus on the barrier, focus on the barrier buster. Don't focus on the door, focus on the one who can knock the door down. Keep praying and don't give up. Unless God says, I'm redirecting you, don't give up just because a human being slams the door in your face. You wait for God to have the final say. I want you to see, though, three things that Joshua did so he could break free from the barrier. I want you to see these three things because of the same three things that we need to do if we're going to break free from the barriers in our brains so God can break down the barrier in our lives. The first one is start stepping out in faith. You gotta take that first step, whether you feel like it or not. In Joshua 6, 2, it says, then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So when they get to Jericho, God says to Joshua, see, I've given you the victory. And Joshua's thinking, I don't really see it. All I see is this enormous wall in front of me. And God says, see, Joshua, I've given you the victory. I've delivered the army of Jericho into your hands and all its fighting men and its king and all of its people. See, I've given you the victory, and Joshua's going, I just see a wall here. What do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God says? Let's get real this morning, because this happens. Sometimes we are going, praise God, you know, I just see it, when we don't really see it. What do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God says? What do you do when what you feel doesn't line up with what God says is real? I mean, what do you do when God's word says you'll be filled with joy as a believer, but all you feel is a debilitating depression that you can't see your way out of? What do you do when God's word says the truth is you'll be filled with peace that no one can explain, but all you feel is an anxiety you can't get rid of? What do you do when God says you've won the victory, but all you see is defeat all around you? What do you do when God says you have infinite value and worth, but you feel worthless? What do you do? Let's admit that happens. What do you do when what you see 
doesn't line up with what God says, you believe what God says, whether you feel it or not. We said last week, don't believe everything you feel. Now, your feelings are your true feelings, but they're not necessarily true. You have to feel your feelings. God intends for you to feel your feelings. God gives you the ability to feel things and have emotions, and that's part of who you are, and those feelings can bring healing, and so you gotta feel your feelings. You can't suppress them or deny them or act like they don't exist. No, you gotta feel them, but you don't need to let them stick in your life. You feel those feelings, don't suppress them. Be curious about why you feel that way and then bring those feelings to God and then turn and choose God's truth over your feelings. Don't believe everything you feel, believe God's truth. I mean, you feel worthless. You feel like you can't do anything right. You feel like God's so disappointed in you. you God, I just feel worthless. I just feel like I'm not enough. I just feel like I'm not worth anything but I know the truth of your word that I have infinite value. You think I'm worth dying for, so I thank you for that, even though I don't feel it. I thank you for that. You choose the truth over your feelings. God, I'm so mad at you right now because you allowed this into my life and I see no good in it. It's all bad. I don't like it. I don't understand what you're doing, but God, I know, even though I don't see it or feel it, I know you're gonna bring good out of this because you promised me that. I know that you are a good God and you want my good more than I want my good and so I'm gonna believe you even though I don't feel like it and I don't see it. God, I know you've given me the victory but man, I just feel defeated. It just seems like it's one loss after another. I feel so defeated right now but I know you've given me the victory so I'm gonna claim it even though I don't see it or feel it. You see, you've got to choose the truth over your feelings. Feel your feelings. Admit your feelings. There's nothing wrong with feeling those ways. Bring them to God, but then claim the truth over your feelings. You know that feelings follow actions. I mean, this is proven in so many ways. In research, feelings always follow actions. A lot of times we wait to do something before we feel like doing it. And that keeps us from really breaking free from all the destructive habits that we're stuck in. What you've gotta do is step in faith whether you feel it or not, then the feelings will come along. You've gotta obey God and take that one step and then so many times the feelings come along but don't let feelings dictate your actions. That's why it's so important to obey God even when you don't feel it. Now Joshua had to take a small step of faith to obey God. God says, see, I've won the victory for you. But what did he have to do? He had to step out and claim it. And that first step he had to take to believe God, then God gave him the power to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And you gotta take that first step of faith, disregard your feelings and take the first step of faith. Come to church when you don't feel like it because God says weekly worship is something I command you to do because you need it. So you need to be at church or connect online and worship because God says weekly worship is essential in obeying me but sometimes you don't feel like coming to church, do you? Some of you did not feel like coming to church today, but you're here, and now you're feeling it because feelings follow actions. It's the times when you don't feel like coming to church and you come to church anyway that you feel it the most and you feel God's presence and God speaks to you and it's so powerful and life-changing. You think, man, I'm glad I didn't miss that. 
The enemy wanted me to feel like not coming. I didn't choose my feelings. I chose the truth, and I obeyed God. You may feel like you don't have time to join a life group, and you're kind of nervous about it. You feel like, "Eh, I'm not sure. But then God commands us to be in community, and you choose to do it, and it becomes one of the most powerful, life-changing things you've ever done, one of the most fun things you've ever done. Lifelong friendships develop, and you think, man, I'm so glad I did something I didn't feel like doing. Whenever you obey God, it brings blessing. And maybe that one step of faith is just getting up in the morning and taking a step because you feel like you can't take another step. You're going through such pain, you feel like you can't take one more step, and you do, and then God gives you the power to take the next step and the next step. God says, I've won the victory for you, but you've got to step into that victory. You've got to take action by taking that one step. And then secondly, you've got to keep stepping in faith even when you don't see any progress. You see, we take a step of faith. We go, okay, where's the victory? Where's the victory? And God says, take another step. Joshua 6, 7 says, and he, Joshua, ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. So the Israelite army marches around the city walls one time, blowing trumpets loudly, and it probably took them about an hour to get around the city wall. And then after they circle it one time, they go back to camp and spend the night. There's been no progress. Nothing has happened. They do the same thing for six more days, and then on the seventh day, they walk around the city six times, and what do they have to show for it? Nothing, zero, no progress whatsoever. Now, if I had been God, I would have done it differently. And I think this is a really good way to motivate people. If I had been God, I would have had them walk around the city one time, and then I would have had a few bricks fall off the top just to keep them motivated. That's a good way to motivate people. They need to see some progress, right? And then on the second time around the city, I would have about four or five feet of bricks just fall off. And they would have gone back to their camp going, wow, did you see what God did today? I mean, that wall is crumbling. I can't wait to get up in the morning. I'm so highly motivated. I can't wait to get up in the morning. This wall is coming down. We can see it each and every day, a little more. But I'm not God. Thankfully, I'm not God. And they had walked around for seven days. On the seventh day, they walked around six times. They had nothing to show for it. Not one brick had fallen from the barrier. But God had a plan. What do you do when you're praying for a miracle and you're believing God and you're following God with all your heart, but you don't see any progress? You're circling and circling and circling around a problem, but you don't see anything change. And you're following God, you're praying, you're believing, you're trusting, you're obeying, but yet you see nothing happening. You see no progress at all, nothing's changing. You're circling around and around and around your broken heart, and you're praying, you're spending time with God, you're obeying Him, but it's not healing, nothing's changing. You're circling around that marriage problem over and over again, and you're praying, for God to work a miracle, and you're seeking God and obeying him, but nothing's changing. And sometimes, when we're praying and believing God for the promise he's given us, for the victory that has been won, and we're praying, 
and we're doing what God's called us to do, following him with all of our heart, things just get worse. Has that ever happened to you? Sometimes that happens. When you can't see progress, it doesn't mean God's not working. When you can't see God working, it doesn't mean that he's not doing amazing things behind the scenes. You just can't see it yet, and you're getting ready to see it. It's about to spring forth. When you can't see what God is doing with the wall, keep trusting him. When you can't see what's happening to the wall in front of you, God's doing something inside you. And that's the most important thing. God's working in your life. You don't see anything happening with the wall in front of you, just know that God is working in your life because barriers bring us to brokenness. Barriers get us to the place where we realize we're powerless without God to change the situation. Barriers bring us to the point where we know we can't do it and we totally surrender in our brokenness and then God can bless us. It's the walls that cause us to fall flat on our face. It's our failures that turn us to the Father. Those walls cause us to fall flat on our face when we hit the wall, but then if we get to our knees, he raises us up. But it really is that place of brokenness. God is wanting us to get to the place of brokenness where we totally realize, I can't do it, God. I'm praying, I'm seeking you, but you've gotta do it. And I'm gonna trust you and leave the results to you. For you see, until the barrier breaks us, God can't remake us. Until we totally surrender to him. Until the barrier breaks us, God can't remake us, but he can renew us and remake us, and he can give us his power and his strength. You see, the real mark of maturity is that you keep trusting, you keep praying, you keep believing, even when you don't see anything and you leave the results to God for him to do it his way in his time. Yeah, I would just make a few bricks fall off after the first round, and then the second round some more, and then some more, and some more, until it's almost gone, but God says, no. Real maturity is when you keep believing and trusting and praying, even when you don't see any progress and you leave the results to God. You see, every week I come out here and preach God's word. You know, I study, you know, I prepare, I pray, and I preach God's word, which is life-changing, but I can't change one life, and I leave the results to God. If nobody's life has changed, that's God's business. You know, it's not my job to make the church grow. All I need to do is just do what God tells me to do, and I leave the results to God to do it his way. And all you gotta do is just keep believing, keep trusting. When you see no progress, you just leave the results to God because he will come through. He always does, just because you can't see that See anything going on in your life doesn't mean he's not working, especially in your heart, changing your character. But then there's a third thing, keep believing until the barrier falls. They walked around the wall every day for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around six times. What if they would have given up after that sixth time and said, Joshua, I mean, this isn't working. Um, We're still doing the same thing and nothing's happening. Remember, this is the definition of insanity keep doing the same things, expecting the outcome to be different. Joshua, this makes no sense. You see, Joshua never told the people of Israel that it was on the seventh time the wall was going to fall. God told Joshua, if you study the passage, you see that God told Joshua, but Joshua never told the people that on that seventh time the wall was gonna fall. Now, why didn't he? It may have been because he wanted them 
to know that their leader was listening to God so they could follow their leader and be assured that he was really listening to God. He was struggling with doubt and all those things too. He was just like them, but yet he listened to God and he was obeying God and, and he, he wanted them to learn that, but they didn't know. I mean, after that sixth time on that seventh day, they didn't know the next lap was gonna bring the victory. The next lap was gonna break down the barrier. The next lap was gonna knock the door down. They didn't know that. They could have quit after that six one and said, Joshua, forget it. This isn't working. We don't trust you anymore. But they took that next lap, not knowing that was gonna be the victory lap, not knowing that was gonna be the one that would bring the barrier down. They did it anyway. They just kept walking until the wall fell. If it would have taken eight, if it would have taken eight more days, if it would have taken 60 laps. And by the way, the number six is the imperfect number in the Bible, the number that falls short, but the number seven is always symbolizing the perfect number in the Bible. That's why that's all through Scripture. The number seven is the perfect number. And so some of you are on your sixth lap, and you're about to give up when God's perfect timing is coming. God's perfect timing is on its way, and he knows when that is. His timing is always perfect. Our timing is imperfect, so we have to trust God's timing. And what I'm saying is, you don't know when that next lap is gonna bring the victory. You don't know when the victory lap is coming, but it's coming. And so what do you do when you don't see anything? You take the next step, and you take the next lap, and you keep walking in faith, and you keep believing, and you keep trusting, and don't you give up right before the blessing. You don't know what's gonna happen in the next lap, but you take the next lap, and you expect God to come through. You say, this could be the lap, so I'm gonna take it. If God didn't come through on that lap, then you keep walking. This could be the lap. I'm gonna take another lap. I'm gonna keep walking. I'm not gonna stop, stop walking in faith just because I don't see anything because God's word is always true and I'm not gonna give up right before the blessing. I'm not gonna give up on the sixth time around when the seventh time this next lap is gonna bring the victory. What I'm saying to you is you keep walking because the walls are gonna fall down. You keep walking until the walls fall down because they're coming down. If God says it, you can count on it. When God says the barrier is gonna be blown up, it's gonna be blown up. And so you can keep walking in faith and you can look for it because it's coming. And don't you dare quit on that sixth lap when you just got one more to go. When the blessing is just around the bend, don't you dare stop walking in faith. And some of you needed to hear that today because you're about to throw in the towel and you're on your sixth lap. Victory is the next lap. God's getting ready to knock the wall down. We've got to keep believing until the barrier falls. I want you to look at this last verse, Joshua 6, 14. It says, so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the walls came tumbling down. The only thing they did differently, only two things on that seventh day is they marched around seven times, and then they gave a shout. They'd never done that, a shout, because they claimed the victory right before it happened. 
And we're not gonna shout right now, but we're gonna sing. Because something happens when you sing. God inhabits the praises of his people, and chains are broken, barriers in the brain get torn down, and barriers in our lives get torn down. The walls come tumbling down. When you praise God and you focus on God and not the wall, when you focus on the barrier buster instead of the barrier, you focus on the one who can knock the door down instead of the door in front of you. You take a little step back and you focus on God. The wall's right in your face right now. You step back and you look into God's face and you see how much he loves you and you see reflected back to you the perfect love and you know that he's gonna see you through. He loves you too much to let you down. He loves you too much to let you drown. He loves you too much not to break you free from that barrier that you're facing. I want us to bow together and pray. Would you stand? I believe that God wants to break down some barriers today. I believe for many of you, you're on your sixth lap. In fact, you're coming into the home stretch on your seventh lap, and God is about to break through. He's breaking down in this service the barrier in your brain that says, that's immovable, that says, I can't make it through this one. And you're coming to the place where you realize you can't make it through this one. You're not enough. You'll never be enough. You don't have what it takes, but God does in you. And God has made you worthy. and You're so valuable to him. And he is powerful in you, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what he can do, and he wants to do in you. And we're going to pray right now for barriers to be blown up, for walls to come down. Dear God, we thank you that you love us so much, and you break down the walls because you love us, and you don't want us to get stuck. You want us to have breakthrough, and I know there are many who've been walking around the same walls over and over, but they're praying, they're believing, they're trusting, they're following you, Lord, they're obeying, they're giving, they're serving, and yet nothing seems to change. They haven't seen any progress in a heartache, in a hurt, in a problem. But Lord, I pray that you'd remind them that that wall will fall down. It may not be this lap, Lord, but it's coming down because you promise it. And Lord, I pray for those who are on their seventh lap, and I know many are, that you right now would just smash down the barrier in front of them and do a miracle that only you would get credit for. But Lord, I pray you do the greatest miracle, that you would just destroy those barriers in our brain that get us focused on how impossible the situation is, how immovable the barrier is, when you, Lord, are the barrier buster. Help us focus on you right now, and Lord, as we sing a shout of praise to you, we pray that you would do a miracle in our lives. As only you can, and we give you all the credit. Lord, as we admit our feelings, but we don't believe them, we trust your word. And we know that you have won the victory. And you tell us, Lord, that you've already given us the victory, but we have to step into that. We have to take that step. And so I pray for those who have never taken the first step to receive you into their lives. They put up a barrier, a wall, Lord, that's kept you out. Right now, Lord, I pray that they would lower that wall and pray this prayer silently to you. Dear Jesus Christ, I need you. 
I need you to come into my life and forgive me of all my sins because I've tried to do it on my own and I can't. I'm at the place of brokenness. So I ask you to change me and I accept your free gift of forgiveness, salvation, and heaven one day. I could never earn it or deserve it. Thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for me. I want you to be the Lord of my life from now on and start renewing my mind and grow me in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. Let's cheer for all those who did. The Bible says there's a party in heaven. The angels throw a party in heaven when one person comes to Christ. And if you prayed to receive Christ online, just click that little uh, place that says, I raised my hand to receive Christ. We want to help you with that. If you prayed to receive Christ at the Woodlands campus right here or at Tascacita, let a pastor know so we can help you grow in your faith. God's doing amazing things through Woodlands Church. God is working. God is on the move. And God wants to knock the walls down. As you sing right now, and you sing to the Lord, you expect God to knock the walls down. You let God start changing your mind. You meditate on God's word that nothing is impossible with God this week. And God will begin changing you from the inside out, and God will begin knocking down the walls in your life. Let's thank the Lord and let's sing to him. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.